Well, welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. And today we're going to talk about a 15,000-pound elephant that fell into the mill race in downtown Battle Creek in 1853. So stick around. To get a clear understanding of this story, it's probably better to start with looking at some facts about elephants. There are two main species of elephants known today. There's the African elephants, which males can weigh between 5,000 to like 14,000 pounds. Or if you want to convert it into kilograms, that's 2268 kilograms to 6350 kilograms. And they have a height range between 8.2 to 13 feet. Um, these numbers were put together by National Geographic. In measurements, that would be 2.5 to 4 meters if you're looking at the metric system. The other smaller cousins are the Asiatic elephants, sometimes referred to as the Indian elephants, and they can weigh between 4,400 to 11,000 pounds or 2,000 to 5,000 kilograms and have a height between the shoulder to toe of between 6.6 .6 to 11.5 or 2 to 3.5 meters. Once again, this is based on the National Geographic collected data from the magazine that they started collecting this information back in 1888. The largest African elephant ever recorded was found in Angola, and it rocked a mass of 24,000 pounds. That's 11,000 kilograms. And he stood shoulder height of 13 feet or 3.96 meters, just under four meters. In 1885, Jumbo the elephant, who traveled with the P.T. Barnum Circus, was billed as the largest in the world at the time. He was an African elephant who weighed six tons, or more exactly 12,000 pounds, and he stood 10.6 feet tall, or about 3.2 meters, and that would be about 6,000 kilograms. During his day, he was promoted as weighing about 14,000 pounds by P.T. Barnum and their advertising. So Jumbo, he was born in Sudan, East Africa, and he was imported to Europe in 1865, and he spent most of his life in captivity, originally being used to give children's rides at the London Zoo. He was eventually sold to P.T. Barnum in 1882. The stories that I read about this indicated that he had become a little bit dangerous, so they were... The zoo was ready to have him find a new home because they were getting concerned about injuries to children. So Jumbo traveled with the P.T. Barnum Circus for a period of three years until he was eventually killed um, when he was struck by a freight train in St. Thomas, Canada in 1885. It was an unscheduled freight train, and they were unloading Jumbo and a smaller elephant onto another cart or something near the tracks, and the, the freight train wasn't supposed to be there. The elephants were in the tracks. The freight train started coming. They saw it. They tried to get the elephants off the track, and Jumbo and the younger elephant were unwilling to move or stubborn or whatever was going on with that. And they ended up getting hit by the train. Now, the smaller elephant, whose name was Tom Thumb, had a broken leg. And Jumbo was struck in the rear and probably broke his hip or something. He later died. So Barnum had his skeleton and skin preserved and stuffed him and traveled with the show for another two years with the stuffed version of Jumbo the Elephant. The stuffed version of Jumbo the Elephant was last known to be at Tufts University in P.T. Barnum Hall, which is in Massachusetts. The bones were on display at the Museum of Natural History. 
history in New York City. So let's go back to old Hannibal the Elephant, or sometimes referred to as just Hannibal. He lived many years before Jumbo, and he was considered to be the largest elephant ever exhibited in North America at the time. He was named after Hannibal the Great, the great military commander from 218 BC who used elephants in his army to cross the Alps. Now Hannibal's size was different than Jumbo. His height was only 8 feet 11 inches tall compared to Jumbo who was about 10 feet 6 inches tall. Hannibal was said to weigh however 15,000 pounds and I'll get more into that a little bit later as we go on with the story. The best description of Hannibal in comparison to Jumbo was published in the Pittsburgh Press in 1910 and it actually clarifies a significant difference between Jumbo and Hannibal and that was that Hannibal was an Asiatic elephant and Jumbo was an African elephant. African elephants as you remember are typically larger in size and the Asiatic elephants are the smaller cousins or referred to that as the smaller cousins. Now there's a significant difference here because Hannibal was quite large for his size as an Asiatic elephant and the Pittsburgh Press in 1910 made it very clear when they explained that Hannibal was an Asiatic elephant. The article reads Moreover, Hannibal was the most perfect specimen of an elephant ever exhibited. Jumbo was long-legged and sway-back, being an African elephant, but he had stumps where his tusks had been. Hannibal was an Asiatic elephant, fine-proportioned, and had tusks seven feet long, white as snow, with an exquisite velvety polish of finished ivory. So I should probably note here that Hannibal had his tusks for most of his life when he was on exhibit in North America, except for the last three years. Jumbo didn't have tusks the whole time he was toured in North America, which was only three years. So to give you some kind of a context of how big Hannibal was, if you were to look at a 2022 Ram pickup truck, the Ram 1500 truck, it has an average weight of about 7,500 pounds. So Hannibal would be equivalent to two Ram pickup trucks. So if you're driving down the road listening to this podcast and you're on the highway or something, look around, you try to get a picture of two full-size heavy pickup trucks. If you want another comparison, you can probably picture in your mind a 1967 VW Beetle. He was the equivalent of nine VW Beetles. Those weighed about 1,700 pounds. That gives you kind of a proportion, like a maybe a small-sized car. He was between probably eight and nine of those. Uh, that's quite a heavy amount of uh, elephant there. So Hannibal came to America in 1824, according to his manager and proprietor of the Van Amberg Show at the time. Now, he was brought here by a sea captain who had gotten possession of him at some Asiatic port and brought him to New York, where a speculative butcher in the Washington market had purchased him. The Van Amberg Show people had heard about the existence of the elephant the arrival, and they went and approached the auctioneer or the butcher or whatever, and they purchased Hannibal on the spot. So he traveled with the Van Amberg Menagerie from that point on. Now, the term menagerie was used in those days. It refers to a traveling exhibit of animals. The term was first introduced in 1676 by an example.
example, the term circus was introduced in 1793 in Philadelphia. Both had traveling exhibits of animals and that sort of thing. Menageries tended to be a lot more animal-oriented exhibits, and they often partnered with circuses as providing the animal exhibits to go along with the entertainment and acrobatics in that part of the show. Menageries themselves toured independently as well, and sometimes they had shows with the animals as well, performance acts and whatnot. So following Hannibal's arrival on the scene, the show produced what was then the famous uh, Four Tandem Elephant Team, which was a gorgeous golden band chariot, which for five years was the feature of the whole show, and it was part of the outdoor exhibition, and it was seen through every town, village, and city from the Hudson to the Mississippi River. This was like the total east part of the United States. Just remember, this is the, the early 1800s to the 1850s, 1860s. So Hannibal's companion elephants were named Columbus, Virginius, and Pizarro. Now, during that time, when the four famous tandem was on exhibit and part of the show, Hannibal was always the largest part of the group. Now, in 1847 is when this four tandem exhibit came to an end. They were starting to travel for the season. The show was actually traveling between Philadelphia and New Jersey, and they were going to cross the Delaware River, and they were trying to board the elephants onto a large ferry boat. And two of the elephants, Pizarro and Virginius, were stubborn or whatever was going on with them. They refused to get on the ferry boat. So after, I guess, some time trying to wrestle with these guys and convince them to get on, they ended up uh, getting them into the river and they decided to swim them across. So they got all four elephants into the river. And the mistake that they made, for some reason, they determined that they needed to chain the elephants together. So ultimately, they paired them up together. They paired Pizarro with Virginius and Hannibal with Columbus. And the elephants loved the water. They were doing fine, except it was very cold that time of year. Unfortunately, Pizarro got tired and sunk to the bottom and took Virginius down with him. So two of the elephants drowned. Columbus tried to give up as well, but Hannibal wanted nothing to do with that. Hannibal managed to escape his chains and broke free and swam to the shore on his own. And Columbus wised up and followed him to the shore. So ultimately, after that point, there was only two remaining elephants in the exhibit. So that was kind of the end of the famous four tandem part of their traveling exhibition. Columbus, in 1850, just a few years later, was crossing a bridge in North Adams, Massachusetts, and broke through the bridge, falling into the river, and he died a few days later. So it was around June of 1853 to 1854, one of those two years, that Hannibal was reported to have visited the city of Battle Creek. By then, there were new elephants traveling with the exhibition, and as was customary in the day, the whole parade of elephants and the exhibit, they marched downtown, and they traveled the whole parade procession down Main Street. Now, I first heard about this story from a book called Tales of Battle Creek, which was written by Bernice Bryant Lowe. It's a fascinating collection of anecdotes about the history of Battle Creek. And in this book, Miss Lowe kind of mentions this incident, but doesn't give a specific year and describes it kind of briefly in a few sentences. So I got curious and I tracked it down and I found a reference to it in an 1886 article in a newspaper at the time called The Sunday Morning Call. And this was written by someone who had been an eyewitness to the event. In The Sunday Morning Call, it was described that when Hannibal came to Battle Creek while majestically marching down Main Street, 
the old pachyderm stepped on the mill race bridge and went into the mill race with a crash and a splash. The bridge had given way under his great weight. The kids that were standing by the roadside watching the incident went wild with excitement, while old Hannibal bellowed and the showmen shouted and the women screamed. The boys along the roadway were enjoying the spectacle and shouting and cheering, and it was a performance not advertised, to say the least. The showmen attempted to clear the planks of wood so they could get old Hannibal out and give him a hand getting him out of the mill race. Hannibal himself freed himself. He lifted up the log stringers and got him out of the way, and he made his way up the embankment and got back on the solid ground. Just to kind of give an idea what a mill race is, you might be wondering what this is. Mill race was essentially a channel or a river that was made by man between, usually between the flow of two rivers, and it's designed to create a controlled flow of water so that they can run mill wheels. And in that time period in history, they would spin the mill wheels by the flow of the river, and they could control the speed of the water, thus they control the speed of the mills. And along this area of town in Battle Creek, there were several mills. There were grist mills, there was lumber mills, and there may have been even a cider mill. And the mills were put on along rivers all over the area. So the birth of Battle Creek was essentially a milling community, and the mill race was an essential part of it, and it was part of the downtown. And of course, it went under Main Street, and there was a wooden bridge put over it so people would go over it with wagons and whatnot. So they didn't anticipate when they built this thing that it would ever have to support a 15,000-pound elephant. So as you can see, that was quite an unexpected event. And it's sad that when Hannibal later returned to the village of Battle Creek on a different time, that he refused to go down Main Street and refused to go anywhere near that bridge. So if you ever think that an elephant never forgets, well, there's some truth to that. So there's a lot more to the Hannibal story, and perhaps in a future podcast episode, I'll go into some more of the history of him and some of his incidents along the way. He passed away in 1865 after eating some poisonous laurel in the Pennsylvania mountains. Statistically, he was the largest elephant to ever tour North America. Jumbo was more exactly the tallest elephant to ever tour North America, but Hannibal weighed 15,000 pounds, and they weighed him a few years before he died. On, they tried to put him on a 14,000-pound scale, and he broke it. So they know he weighed more than Jumbo the elephant, and they estimated that because of the structural damage to the scale that he got on, that he weighed at that time between 15 to 18. 18,000 pounds. So conservatively, let's just say he weighed 15,000 pounds. He also was significantly more popular in his time than Jumbo. Jumbo only toured for three years before he met his end up in Ontario, Canada. Hannibal toured four decades in the United States before he died in a year after the Civil War. And Hannibal also kept his tusk almost his whole life until the last three years of his life. He had an incident where he injured another person and and the owner of the menagerie said, that's it, we're going to saw his tusks off. So the last three years of his life, he didn't have his long, beautiful tusks, whereas, you know, Jumbo never had his tusks when he toured North America. So there's a lot of significant differences between the history of these two elephants and the impact they had on the circus. But it certainly is a very fun story to reflect on in the history of Battle Creek, and it's something that happened right here in southwest Michigan.
Michigan. That is quite unusual. How often do you hear about an elephant falling into a mill race and making a spectacle in front of a large crowd in doing so? So it must have been the talk of the town for several, several days following that. So that's going to do it for this episode of Old Hannibal the Elephant. And like I said before, I'll probably do a follow-up on some of the other incidents in Hannibal's life because they're also very intriguing and a lot more fun to explore those stories as well. So thanks for listening. And if you get a chance, visit my YouTube channel at Michael Delaware. It's very easy to find. Just type in my name on YouTube and you'll find the channel. And I'll put a link to a video that I did on Old Hannibal the Elephant that shows you a lot of the pictures and newspaper articles and clippings from the time period. So thanks for listening and enjoy exploring history in Southwest Michigan. Thank you.